It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. John Ledyard and Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network launching. When is it launching, Trev? August 6th. That's what, 13 days, 13 sleeps, I think. Yeah, Yeah. man. Wow. I actually, uh, the president actually tweeted out about our site in all caps. <laughs> he said said it was the place to be, so <laughs> take that. Take I don't know that if that's the endorsement well. we want, but I mean, it is the president, so <laughs> get a good audience. Hey, reactions. That's it. Just clicks, you know? That's it. Uh, oh, we're a hot we're, take machine already? That's, <laughs> that's where we're headed. Uh, we have uh, three linebackers to talk about today. Um, yesterday, we talked about uh, Devin White, Devin Bush, and TJ Brunson. So if you haven't checked out that pod, go over and check that out from yesterday. Connor Rogers joined us, had some inside intel on a couple of those guys, uh, some things that he had heard from talking to scouts and, and GMs and stuff. I thought it was super interesting that he said from the people he's talked to in the league, he got a lot of people saying, no way, like Devin White, not on the level of the top guys last year. And maybe that's typical for this time of year. And I'm not saying he can't get there, but for a guy that's getting a ton of hype and a lot of people are saying he's going to be in that t- in the top five next year. I thought that was pretty eye-opening. Yeah, I just don't know how much, like, like how much of it is is summer scouting talk. You know, like we're just looking for the next guy. We're looking for those next. But some top guys, guys get the opposite. Some guys get a ton of hype this time of year. You know, Josh Allen was a lock top five pick. They said, and he could go. But first I'm saying, overall like, maybe, and- maybe that's Devin White on our end. Like, maybe we're the ones who are like, oh. He might be the best of the group. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're over here like right. hyping him more I than think he needs right. to. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's the that's the major. Maybe issue. we're the one, maybe we're the ones that need to cool down. Well, not me. I mean, you know, I was appropriately. I I appropriately Wait, scouted correct. him, unlike you guys. Wait, I did. I thought he was. I thought he was the best of those three, but I wouldn't take him in the first round right now. So I, I'm oh, okay. I, I have not been first round high on any linebacker that I've seen so far. Today we talk about three new names. I really, who do you, I, you know, I really like one of these guys. We've got a, <laughs> yeah, we might as well start with, we might as well start with the, the paddy wagon, right? Okay. Start with paddy wagon, paddy, paddy Fisher. How do how do we say his first name again? Somebody told me it was different than what we were saying. Oh yeah. Hang on. I'll uh, I don't remember. Uh, here it's we go. Pa- what is it? Patrick or something? Yeah. I, I can't yeah, remember it's what is like, what? It's like Patrick. Patrick. Patrick Ham. Patrick. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Fisher, I think is how you say it. How were we saying it? I don't remember how we were even saying it. Patrick Fisher, I think, is how you say it. Anyway, he is, I think he's the most instinctive linebacker I've scouted so far. I don't think yeah. he's the most upside, but he's the most instinctive guy so far. Yeah, I think he is. Um, so Devin Bush was was my number one guy from yesterday when we talked about Devin Bush, Devin White, and TJ Brunson. Um, and I like Devin Bush. I think he's a good prospect. I think he's a good linebacker. I think he's. I think he'll be a solid pro. Um, but Fisher, I think, was a step above him 
in every area other than athleticism. I thought that mm-hmm. he got off blocks really well. I thought he shot gaps really well. His hands and his arms are really fun because when you're attacking the line of scrimmage, you're not trying to get you're not trying to get locked up, right? You're you're obviously keeping your eyes in the backfield. You're trying to see where the ball is going. You're trying to cut it off. You're trying to either plug a hole or maybe get through yourself, make a tackle in the backfield. And when you keep when you're not moving your arms, when you're not active with your hands, you make it easier for blockers to kind of come in, get their hands into you, position their hands where they want to, and really kind of seal you up with blocks. But with Fisher, one of the things I noticed right away was right off the snap, his arms are moving almost like simultaneously with his feet. They're just like churning up and down. Even if he hasn't arrived at a block yet, or even if he's mm-hmm. not moving forward, he's ready. If he he is chopping his feet, he is chopping his arms. He is ready. So the second that he knows he needs to put his foot in the ground and make it make a make a choice going one direction or the other, either north, south, east, west. He's like he can he can move in that direction as fast as possible, and his whole body's already going. And so, you know, there's that old sports saying that football saying, you know, staying on your toes. Like Patty Fisher is the epitome of staying on your toes. I thought that that was something that jumped out right away to me because I thought it didn't. I thought it translated to a lot of the things that he does well when it comes to getting tackles in the backfield, setting himself up. Um. To make tackles at the line of scrimmage or just cut off guys or whatever it is. Uh, I, I thought that he mm. always looked alert, that he was going almost 110 miles an hour. And like you said, I think instincts too. I thought he showed some good instincts yeah. as well. Well, I think that, yeah, that's the big thing. His processing was just so far advanced compared to everybody else, I think, so far. Wasn't, he, wasn't only, he a true sophomore? He was a redshirt freshman. So this was his first action. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right away in the Big Ten. And now, I mean, he's only a redshirt sophomore this year. So we're legitimately talking about a guy who might not come out this year just because he might not test great. I mean, I I think he's a – now, let's just be straight up. The, the question with him is not going to be size. It's not going to be mental processing. It's not really going to be much of anything except athleticism. I think we can already say that. I, you know, I think – he's definitely not a bad athlete. Right. So, like, he already has that working for him. He's, he's not a bad athlete. Yeah, is but he's he – a great athlete, though. He's slow to the sideline. I don't see he shows really good range I thought but I agree he's not overly explosive in his change of direction I I, I do think that there will be I mean there were times that he opened up and ran dude and he took some aggressive angles and got there and I was like okay I think this dude can run is he like four fives four six probably no I don't think so I think he can run in the four sevens I think he can run in the four sevens yeah yeah uh, yeah He's not. He he's fluid. He's just not very explosive. I don't think. Does that make sense? That's kind of where I was like with Devin Bush. So see, I didn't even think Devin Bush was a great athlete. Sorry. I thought eh, maybe a little more explosive, but I. I think I actually I actually think Patty Fisher might be more explosive, um, but I think Devin Bush is like faster. I remember like yesterday I talked about him being a momentum guy. Like it just kind of like takes him a little bit to get up to top speed. He also is like 15 pounds lighter, right? Who? Uh, Bush. Yeah, he's uh, what, like four inches shorter than Fisher? He is 5'11", 222. (laughs) And Fisher is 6'4", 245. So I'd be, I mean, if Fisher drops some, you know, I 
I wonder if he could drop some weight. But he six four, he's like legit six four, I feel like. Like he is big and long and is gonna remind people of Van Der Esch in that way. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, this was a weird comparison. I guarantee Patty Fisher gets compared to Van Der Esch, but... I think that Van Der Esch tested unbelievable, but I don't really feel like he played that athletic. Like everybody was like, Oh, he's going to test great. So you just kind of accepted like, okay, this kid will probably test great. Cause the NFL is enamored with him. And it has to be a reason. Cause I mean, it certainly wasn't his tape, at least not to the level that the NFL was kind of said to be invested in him. And then he ends up being a top 20 pick. And so I think, I mean, he tested great, obviously, but you know, when you watched Van Der Esch and when you watched Patty Fisher, did you feel like, did you feel like Van Der Esch was like way better athlete than Fisher? I know he's a little heavier than even Fisher, but I just didn't feel like Van Der Esch looked that athletic either. He was like fluid and I you know. could tell to the sideline. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe I'm just trying to see what I want to see with Patty Fisher because I think if he tests, you know, at a good level, not even a great level, he just at a good level, you know, he could be a guy that gets that probably second round is the best that I think maybe that he would do. I don't know that I see a special type of player, um, but I think that he, uh, yeah, still the best guy I've seen so far. I I like I like a right. I, I like a lot of the stuff that I see from him. Um, it's just the kind of what we talk about from a lot of different guys. When athleticism is your big question mark, is it a question that you're ever really going to answer? Is the thing, right, and right. and so especially as a redshirt freshman, I, I liked a lot of what I saw from Patty Fisher. And, you know, maybe this year he t- somehow shows a little bit more of a spark in his athleticism and his range to the sideline. And um, I'm more impressed in that a- in, in that sense from him. And, yeah. and maybe I maybe I kind of get a little bit higher on him. But uh, he's I, I young think enough that I point think of him he could become a round athlete. I think he could I think he could be one of those guys That's that true. becomes more explosive. But we'll see. This is a big year, though. Every year is going to become bigger the next two. Yeah, relatively. Yeah. Again, I don't know that he's ever going to be like Devin White level with range, but. Right. Sure, sure, sure. But I I do like what he brings as a linebacker more than White. So. And I think it really is going to depend on scheme. You know, like there are teams that definitely feel like they can get away without having like great coverage linebackers. And Patty Fisher made plays in coverage because he's so instinctive and aware. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he may have the necessary combination of traits to be able to fit into a three down role without having the physical or athletic traits that are like high end desirable. As long as he's like good enough in that area, I think everything else is so strong or indicated that it would be so strong just based on his first season as a starter first season playing college football. Then I think that he doesn't need to be a lead in those other areas to check the box. You know what I mean? Like, I think that I think the rest of his traits can show up enough that it's okay. If he isn't an elite athlete now, it might not get him into the top 15, but for a successful NFL career, which is ultimately what we're projecting. I think that's possible. 
No, I'm I'm with you. I think he's a day two guy no matter what. It mm-hmm. feels like he's got a really high floor. Right. Correct. And yeah. perhaps a really a, a limit. I don't want to say a really limited ceiling, but it just seems like there's going to be a limited ceiling yes. with him. But he's. I think he's going to be a really solid day two guy wherever mm-hmm. you take him. Yeah. We. I mean, this is the time of year to get excited about guys with high ceilings for sure. But I don't know. I I just felt like. I I'm I still am more interested in him than any other linebacker so far um in terms of what he does this season and what the NFL thinks of him because yeah he was a three-star recruit so we'll see I you know I don't know whether that denotes that people didn't think he was a great athlete and so they thought those probably. limitations would hold him back but um probably yeah we'll we'll definitely find that out um okay who else uh, did we watch um Chad Quarterman Chad Quarterman yeah um Six one two forty, hashtag thick, <laughs> but doesn't really play like it. I was frustrated. Like, I mean, I I watched him get bodied up by like a wide receiver twice. I think a running back hit him. Like he got knocked back a little bit. I I just he looked like a killer to me. Like when I saw, I was like, this dude, like he's gonna thump. Like you know, he's gonna bring hitting power. He's gonna stack and chip. But he just has that build. You know, like like squatty, powerful looking build he kind of looks like Denzel Perryman I felt like I was like this guy's gonna be like that kind of linebacker like a smasher and I I didn't you know he wasn't really you know I mean like the couple hits maybe but I mean you know he for the most part kind of a drag down tackler and you know didn't really get off any blocks really well comes in like high and with a shoulder though which is kind of like the worst way you can take on blocks as a linebacker um and and so some things form wise that really need to be cleaned up. But again, like I didn't see a great athlete either. I, you know, I don't know that there's a great ceiling here and he's further behind somebody like Fisher in terms of processing and technique and uh, things like that. So I, I didn't really get that excited about Jack Quarterman. You know, I, I, I didn't see anything about him that made me believe this was a you know top two round guy. See, I actually, I actually thought the Quarterman was pretty athletic for his size. I watched really? Fisher first. And then I watched Quarterman, and I actually I, I actually liked his athleticism. That was something that that I took note of. But he, like some of the other linebackers that we've looked at already, it's I just felt like too often he like didn't know what he was doing. Like he was really reckless. There were like a lot of unnecessary steps. Like he would. Like he'd veer left for no reason and the ball's going right and then all of a sudden he'd like be like, oh, oh, it's over there. And he'd like stick his foot in the ground and then run real fast over there and kind of get near the tackle or maybe make the tackle himself, whatever. But I just felt like there was a lot of wasted movement with Quarterman. There wasn't he wasn't crisp in his mental processing. That was the that was the biggest thing that uh, I took note from his tape is, is that I just thought that he struggled to I guess diagnose things even like before the snap because kind of as the middle linebacker you want to be the guy who can see everything and hopefully have a good grasp of not only your assignment obviously if you, if you got a, a yeah. tight end or a running back but you want to be able to have a pretty good idea of where the ball is going and I didn't think that Quarterman showed enough of that, especially for a guy who was playing in the middle. I just saw a lot of wasted movement from him in the couple of games that I watched. And so that's something that you know, recognition is hopefully something you can you can teach more um, mm-hmm. when you're going over different kind of game tape, when you get more familiar with 
your position. And so that is something that he could improve on, that we could see him really improve on. But if you're asking me, that was my biggest thing with Quarterman. Um, yeah, I, I think that he does need to p- play a little bit more physical from his size, but that wasn't a glaring thing for me, I think, f- what it was from you. Maybe we watch different games. Well, I think that he – I would say that he's physical. I just – I don't think that's the issue so much as his technique. His technique just wasn't very good in terms sure, of taking Yes, on okay. Contact. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll agree with that. He seems reckless in yeah. a lot of the things that he does. He seems very reckless. Yeah, he tossed his body at guys rather than like stacking, shedding, playing in your gap, you know, or using your hands working off of a guy. You know, it just seemed like he – seemed like that playing with that proper technique was a – was a big issue for him. I was kind of looking. I was looking to see what he tested like in high school. I know that's not a, like a true indicator or anything, but he was about the same size listed at when he tested. Only thing it has here is his vertical jump. He jumped twenty eight inches, which obviously isn't good, but uh, it doesn't have anything else for his testing for high school. So I was just curious to kind of see. I, I don't know. I, I I didn't think he was a great athlete. Um, you know, I think he has a bad habit of taking like half a step back before he triggers forward as a linebacker and i thought it i'm was, telling you like wasted steps yeah. weird yeah. it was just weird yeah he, he he definitely has some some technical flaws that really are holding him back i don't know that there's that super high ceiling either he does have great size and length he's gonna like that i think he's physical aggressive type of player um definitely not one guy that's a guy that's gonna sit back for sure uh, but yeah i did not see a lot of smoothness to his game and i thought change of direction wise he he struggled sometimes in space so um we'll see he's uh obviously getting a ton of hype for this year's draft uh, a lot of people have him in the first round i didn't see that um have you no. seen first round with any of these guys um, have you seen them and saw it first round for sure no no yeah, i i haven't either i mean and that's not really that surprising i don't want people to freak out Linebacker is a cerebral position, and some of these guys, Patty Fisher, Devin White, like the first years as starters for for both of those guys, um, a couple others too. I, I feel like Bush played. I can't remember if it's his first year as a starter, but there's there's some guys that like that stuff's going to take some time for them. Uh, Mac Wilson from Alabama, who's a guy we'll talk about tomorrow, um, who actually I really like uh, in terms of what he can be another guy that started for the first time last year because of all the injuries, but like this will be his first year as the guy in that Alabama linebacking course. So, um, so a lot of these guys just, it's kind of expected that they would have a ways to go. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One guy that started for almost two years now, he started, I think he began or was at least playing heavily two years ago, but Tavon Coney, am I saying it right? Tavon, Tavon I believe. Tavon I believe it's Tavon. You're right. I forgot. You told me before the broadcast and still forgot. But uh, Tavon Coney. um, Unless the play-by-play guy that I listened to said it wrong. Unlikely. More likely that I said it wrong based on history. That would be a (laughs) smart assumption on our part. Tavon Coney. I think he's one of my favorites that I've seen so far. 
Really? You okay. Hate you hate Go him. Go on. You hate him. I don't hate him. Okay, I, I got I to preface it by saying this. I didn't find a lot of film on him that was available from last year. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of like 2016 games from yeah. him that I that I took a look at, but I, I don't I watch. I, I don't watched. I don't really like taking a look at tape that's like super old. Um right. I like it as a background, but sometimes I like to go to like really old tape after I've watched a guy mm-hmm. who's uh more recent tape because I might see like ways that he's improved or something like that. But like I don't like going to 2016 tape as like the base of my knowledge for a guy. So I didn't right. really want to watch that. And I think I only found one game Wake that I Forest. had of his. Was it the Wake Forest game, maybe? Yeah, I watched the Wake Forest game. I watched Wake Forest and Stanford. I found like the stand the whole the game, Stanford offense versus Notre Dame defense. Okay. Tell me why tell me why you like him. I think no, and I don't love him. I don't want to sit and act like he's a first rounder. I don't think so. Um, you know, but nope, that's what everybody heard. First rounder. <laughs> There's great size here, though. I mean, a guy that he's listed this, and but I think he looks taller to me than than Quarterman. But I think he's listed. What's he listed? The exact same. Let me see here. Yeah, six six foot two forty. So a little bit actually shorter than Quarterman, which he looks taller. So we'll see how that ends up working out when they actually get their official weigh-ins. But you know, so there's good size for Coney. Um, I thought he was physical. Uh, I thought he triggered downhill and saw things a lot cleaner than Quarterman did, for example, or than a lot of those guys did, uh, to be honest. So I thought he got downhill and kind of filled, and he's a good tackler. That's a really important part of playing linebacker that we don't talk about enough. Comes in low, keeps his eyes up, wraps with good form, consistently gets guys on the ground. Uh, and he can go outside his frame to do it. He has that type of length. The range is good when he opens up and runs. I don't think he's a great change of direction guy. I think he is tight in the hips a little bit. Um, I think that that will limit him in coverage. But again, uses his hands and his length pretty relatively well to keep himself clean from blockers. He's not going to toss guys, but I saw him like work off to a blocker's edge enough to get in on a stop. And you know, not a guy that was getting overwhelmed by people. Um, and when he plays forward, he's still getting there as a processor. But there's the glimpses and the flashes of see it and attack, see it and attack. And I don't think he has as much wasted movement as, as you mentioned, like with Quarterman. So I like him. I, you know, I think he's a day two type of guy for sure. And I'm excited to see what kind of ceilings there with him. I just didn't in that, in that wake forest game, I just didn't see a lot of impact from him. Like he, like he was there. Yeah. Like 12 tackles and three tackles. He was fine. He was solid. Yeah. But like, no, did he really have that many tackles for loss? Yeah. He had three. Uh, maybe I'm an idiot then. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it could have been. One, just, of them, I, one of them was like and somebody I was, stacked him up. When I was watching the game, I, I was like, when well, I was just watching it, I was like, yeah, this guy's a linebacker. Like, he gets tackles. Like, he's fine. Like, not that <laughs> Like not that I don't him. like not that I don't like him, but tackles for linebackers is, 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 is yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can watch a tape and be like, oh, this guy's around on the ball all the time. Yeah, well, yeah. no crap. He's He's a linebacker. He's supposed to be, you know. So um, that's why I definitely wanted to preface it by saying I was only able. To... One of them was a sack. I was only. I think I did. I think I do remember that one. But mm-hmm. um, I just wanted. To, I wanted to preface it by saying I only got one game of him in, and yeah. so my opinion that he didn't jump out at me is like take it with a grain of salt. So he might be your Brian Burns, where you get a get a bigger look I at mean, him he, in the next couple of days, and we come I mean, back on might, Friday's pod and. This may be also, my chance to get watch the Wake Forest game. I did, yeah. Wake Wake Forest running back? Yeah, dude. I, okay, I said the same thing. He's good. I like, 
he made some people look straight up silly in space. I don't even know if that kid graduated or what is. No, is, he's but... a senior. I looked it up. I Did can't. You... I think his name's Coleman, number twenty-two. I think he's... it's Coleman. Colburn, uh, Colburn, Matt Colburn, right? Okay. Yeah. He. Yeah. Yeah. Not fast. He... Not fast. But I mean, the dude can scoot. A little bouncy. For being over two hundred. A little bouncy. He's got a little. He does have a little scoot to him. I mean, he's not gonna like run a great forty, but. He does. He was interesting. I don't even know what. Let me look up his stats from last year. Actually, he's, now he's a senior. He's a senior. Hadn't rushed for a thousand yards yet, but like, like improved every single year. And now, obviously, he's going to be the workhorse this year. I yeah. would assume so. Nine hundred and four yards last year. Averaged five and a half yards a carry behind Wake Forest offensive line. N- not ripping on Wake Forest offensive line, but I think just just, re- I think I just kind of did. Uh, what did he have in that game? 20 carries for 120 yards. He ran for 237 against Syracuse. <laughs> wow. So late in the season, this guy took Dude. the reins. Like, he wasn't the guy until Louisville. Bro, he's, he's, he's interesting. Low-key? Huh? Low-key? We might have to talk about him when we talk about running backs. He's listed 5'10", 200 on here. Let's see. I always, I always love that when you're watching somebody else and somebody – catches your eye so much that you have to stop what you're doing and look them up. That was me yeah. last night with, with yeah. Colbert. Well, the nice thing is that uh, when the Draft Network goes live in 13 days on uh, August 6th, uh, 2018, uh, people will be able to do that with any prospect that they look up and they can yep. say, oh, is this guy draft eligible? And they can search our database of over 6,000 prospects and say, oh, there he is. He is draft eligible. In He's fact, gonna he is. He's going to be my RB1. Wow. <laughs> That's what can happen. Anyway, uh, Coney, I, I liked him. I did. Uh, I thought that, um, you know, there was enough of a ceiling there that I'm curious about this season. But again, I don't know that he'll ever be a first round guy, but a lot of, a lot of traits that I really liked and, um, the Stanford game, check that out. It's like, I, 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 okay. I think he did some really good things early on in that game, especially, um, and I think I watched two games from the end of the year for Coney. I think that really matters for some of these linebackers who are like either starting out for the first time or you know getting more playing time than they've ever gotten before because the the game speed. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds taught me that last year. The game speed at the beginning of the year, like, was like, whoa, what's going on? And it was the same thing. Devin White this year, I watched the game uh, from early in the season, and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, everything was a little bit too fast for him. And uh, so now I'm gonna sit down and watch some Devin White games from late in the season and see how things progress for him. Yeah, uh, who was context, context always matters, yeah. no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, what time in the game or when the game is during the year, home and away, what they're dealing with. Like, context matters a lot in mm-hmm. scouting, and you need to kind of pull it all together. So that's a good observation. Yeah, and I who did I watch yesterday. It was the same type of deal. Um, you watched Mac yesterday. I know that, right? I did. Yeah, Mac Wilson. That's who it was. Yeah, he, um, he, was, uh, he got better as the year went on. We'll talk more about him tomorrow, but... Yep, those are my impressions from those three. Uh, I'm excited to do these top fives. I felt like we were mostly on the same page with edge and, and with interior defensive line. I feel like we're not going to be on the same page at all with linebackers. Um, and I've been building it out. I've got, I think I've got a 10-man a group down with like six guys to watch or so. So I'm, I'm excited, and I think this is going to be an interesting top five comparison. We'll do top fives, what, what Thursday on the podcast. Wednesday yep. uh, we'll do – We've got a score of names. We're talking about Wednesday. Uh, we got a bunch hey, of guys. Score. Did you like that? A little yeah. score of names. No, it was good. That was, was about really as educated good. as I'll sound on this spot. Mac Wilson. <laughs> we're talking about tomorrow. Mac Wilson. Uh, Jordan Jones from Kentucky, who's interesting. 
Bobby Okarike from Stanford, uh, who I thought was going to come out last year, but uh, didn't. Um, he is very intriguing to me. Uh, Ryan Connolly from Wisconsin, Kendall Joseph uh, from Clemson, and Leo Lewis from uh, Mississippi State. Uh, so those will be the guys we talk about tomorrow. And there's some names we didn't even you know mention on that list that I think are still interesting guys that I'm going to have an eye on this season. So lots to talk about, lots to discuss. Of course, we'll have Fan Friday on Friday. Until tomorrow, you keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.